Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Today we're in our final week of this four-part series called Four, and we've highlighted the fact that we all want to make a positive difference in the world. We all want to leave the world a better place than the way that we found it. It's just kind of in all of us. Um, and we, we've seen that, you know, all throughout history, the people who have changed the world are those who have chosen to be pioneers, Right, the country, our country was started because of pioneers. We expanded from the east to the west in America because of pioneers. We've landed on the moon because of pioneers. Slavery ended in the United States. Segregation ended in the United States because of pioneers. Every company, school, organization that's in existence is because of pioneers. Every medical uh, advancement was because of pioneers. And regardless of what you believe about Jesus, you can't argue with the fact that Jesus changed the world more than anyone who ever lived on the face of the earth. And the writers of scripture describe him as the pioneer of our faith. See, in this world, there are pioneers and there are settlers. Uh, pioneers appreciate the past but don't stay in it. Settlers, they live in the past. Pioneers, dreams exceed their memories. Settlers, memories exceed their dreams. P pioneers are curious about what could be. Settlers are concerned about what is. P pioneers are scared to miss out on the potential of what could be. Settlers are they're, 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 they're scared to lose what they have. Pioneers are intrigued by the unfamiliar and they run into it. Settlers run from the unfamiliar out of fear. Pioneers want to live life to the full. Settlers are trying not to die. Pioneers have a desire to make other people's lives better. Settlers want to make their life better. See, the world... The world needs more pioneers. And I'm going to come back to this pioneer thought in just a moment. But before I do, I just want to give a quick recap of where we've been in this series for those of you who may be here for the first time. Uh, throughout the last few weeks, we've been, asking the question, we've been asking the questions, what do you want to be known for and what are you known for? Now, this is an important question for everyone who wants to make a positive impact in the world, wants to make a positive impact in people's lives. But for those of us who say that we're followers of Christ, for those who put your faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of your sins and leader of your life, our answers to these two questions are absolutely crucial because uh, how we answer these questions determine if we're truly following Jesus or not. And that's the case because of what we've discovered. And what we've discovered is that God is for people. And we know this because Jesus himself said that the entire reason God sent him was to seek and to save those who were lost. Those who have a broken relationship with holy creator God because of their violation of sin against him. And that's you and 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 me and every single person. Jesus was clear that our heavenly father sent him on a mission to restore and redeem and reconcile our broken relationship with him. That's what Jesus gave his life on the cross for. That's what Jesus rose from the grave to prove that only he can do. And when Jesus left this earth, he called us, his church, his followers, to carry on his mission of seeking and saving the lost. To carry on his mission of being for those whom he is for. Jesus would look at us as his followers and say, that's ultimately what you, as my church, should be known for. But is it? Is it what you're known for? Is it what the church is known for. I mean, what is the church known for? And as we've discovered, if we're being honest, people are more familiar with the church is against rather than what the church is for. 
And you need to know if you're new to relevant, we're here to help change that. In a world where churches are often known by what they're against, we want to be known by what we're for. At relevant, we are for people because God is. We're for people who we don't agree with and don't agree with us. We're for people who have turned their back on God. We're for people who don't believe in God, don't trust in God, and don't even want to believe and trust in him. We're for people who are immoral and sinful and unforgivable. We're for people who are broken and, for, and, and, and forgotten and hurting. We're for people who are hopeless and helpless and just like we once were who are lost. We're for people who are lost because that's who God is for. At Relevant, we want to be known by this because we believe the only way people will ever know God is for them is if we are first. We have the greatest message that the world will ever hear and needs to hear. We have the message of hope and joy and peace and forgiveness and salvation that Jesus came for, Jesus died for, and Jesus rose from the grave for. We have the message that transforms lives and transforms the world and transforms eternities. And the only way a skeptical world will ever hear it and know it's for them is if they know that we are for them and not against them. Now, throughout the last few weeks, we've been focusing in on us as individuals and how to, you know, practically apply being for people God is for as, for us as individuals. Today, I'm going to shift the focus, and we're going to just talk about how we do this together, corporately, you know, collaboratively, together as a church body. But before I get into this, I know that some of you, you know, maybe here, maybe watching and you know, chose to walk away from the church, chose to walk away from Jesus because of those, how those in the church have treated you. And I really can't get up here and defend any of that. All I can do is say, man, we have messed up so often in so many ways as quote-unquote followers of Christ. And at Relevant, we're never going to be perfect at this, but we are trying as hard as we can to be like Jesus, to live like Jesus, and to look like Jesus. And I hope today as we talk about who we're called to be as the church, that there's just something in you that maybe makes you think or rethink or makes you maybe engage or re-engage with Jesus and the church. A little background on me and Christy. In, in 2008, uh, Christy and I were uh, living in, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama with our two daughters, both under the age of, of two years old. And after eight months of prayer, we felt God was leading us to pioneer and move halfway, crunched, uh, across, halfway across the country to Omaha to start a church. Now, we didn't know how we were going to start the church. We didn't know who we were going to start it with. We didn't know where we were going to start it. We didn't know where the money was going to come from to start it. All we knew was that God was leading us to Omaha to start a church, so we trusted God. We packed up our two kids, and in November of 2008, we moved to Omaha with no money, with no plan with no people, uh, moved into Christy's sister and her husband's basement with our two kids under the two years, under two years of age uh, to, to start what would eventually become known as Relevant Community Church. Now, when we got to town, I didn't know what, you know, what part of town we were going to start Relevant in. I, I didn't know Omaha really at all. And so I would just, days for days, just drive around Omaha just praying, God, where, God, where, God, where. And one day I was driving west on Maple, and I came on top of the hill at 192nd, and I saw the Elkhorn Water Tower, and it was immediately in my mind, I, as clear as I could hear, I heard, here, here is where, in this community. But in that moment, I knew God didn't want Relevant to just be another church in Elkhorn. See, from the beginning, in that moment, in my car, driving west on Maple and seeing that water tower, God gave me a vision for Relevant Community Church to be a church for 
the community. To be a church for the community by doing everything we can to help make our community and our businesses and our neighborhoods and our schools and our families better and healthier without expecting anything in return. To be a church for our community by helping transform as many lives and families and kids and students and parents and teachers and single people and eternities as possible with the good news of Jesus. Bottom line, the only reason that Relevant started The only reason that Relevant is here is because we chose to be pioneers. Now, I'm no special case. Christie's no special case. Relevant Community Church, we're no special case. Every church, every local church that has ever started from the first century church in in Jerusalem to every local church over the past 2,000 years, every church that's ever started had a pioneering heart, had like no money, no guarantees, but huge dreams about what could be. And with this burning mission to reach people for Jesus and to impact the community in which they were in. And, you know, every church started, with the people started, had huge faith to walk into the unknown. And they were okay never being comfortable, and they were never comfortable. But then, so often, something happens. See, over times... Over time, many local churches become settlers. And their memories begin to exceed their dreams. And all they're doing is talking about the good old days. And instead of being focused on who they're trying to reach, they're being focused on who they're trying to keep, and they become insider-focused, and they have insider-itis. And they become comfortable. Comfortable for how many people they have. Comfortable for, with what they have, and, and scared of losing it. And they just want to maintain status quo. And what once was a mission to impact the community, now the community doesn't even care that they're there or even know that they are there. They become settlers because they settle for what is and what's best for themselves instead of what could be and how to be for people that God is for. Man, God has done so much over the past 11 years in and through Relevant. Thousands of people's lives, thousands of eternities have been transformed. We've grown into a huge church body, and we have an amazing building. We have so many amazing memories over the past 11 years because we chose to be pioneers. But let me ask you, are our best days behind us or ahead of us? Are our best days behind us or ahead of us? The answer to that question is going to be determined by how we together answer this gut-wrenching question. Are we going to be pioneers or are we going to be settlers? Going forward, are we going to be pioneers or settlers? Because of, you got to know, because of where we've gotten to as a church with a nice big building and a ton of people, because of where we've gotten to as a church, we will, like so many other churches, naturally gravitate toward being settlers. We will. It'll be our natural gravitation. But we can't. We mustn't. We must continue to be pioneers because of who Jesus is and who he says we are. See, John, one of Jesus' 12 disciples and Jesus' closest friend, recorded the events of Jesus' life a few years after his death and resurrection in what we now call the book of John, which is one of the uh, books in, in the New Testament of our Bible. And John began this document by describing who Jesus is. And look what he says. In the beginning was the word. That's how he's referring to Jesus in this passage. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God, referring to Father God. In the beginning, through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
And there is so, you guys, there is so much depth in these verses to the deity of Christ and our triune God that I just don't have time to get into today. For today's purposes, the big idea I want you to take away from these three verses is that God created everything and God created everyone. What we know from the writers of scripture is that when God created the world, it was perfect. We also know that human beings were created in God's perfect image. And the other thing the writers of Scripture tell us is that God's created intent was that in this world, for in our lives, there to be no pain, no disease, no brokenness, no hatred, no injustice, no death. But that instead we would experience perfect peace and hope and joy and fulfillment and life and justice and mercy and love within his perfect unhindered presence. But then something happened. We, his creation, screwed it up when we chose to sin. Sin is a violation against holy creator God, his created intent for us, and his created will for us. And you got to know this, that when sin entered, so did darkness. The darkness of brokenness, despair, disease, fear, death. The darkness of being lost. The darkness of having a broken relationship with holy creator God. The darkness of no longer being who God created us to be. When the writers of scripture refer to darkness, they're describing a life and a world void of the life of God. Void of the hope and the peace and the joy and the fulfillment, the presence of God. And with that as a backdrop, listen to how John continues to describe Jesus. In him, Jesus, was life because he is the creator of life. He's the giver of life. And that life was the light of how many? All mankind. The light shines in the, here's our word, the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John's saying Jesus is the light for all humanity. He is the light that shines into the darkness. He's the light that breaks through the darkness and the brokenness and the despair and the fear and the death with true life and hope and peace and salvation. And then a few chapters later, John records something Jesus said that made him describe Jesus in this way. Jesus said, I have come into the world as, here it is, as light so that no one who believes in me, and belief in Jesus doesn't mean acknowledgement of truth or reality. The rise of scripture teaches that belief in Jesus means faith in Jesus. Asking Jesus to be the forgiver of our sins and leader of our life. He says, no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus said, I am the light that saves you from the darkness. Whoever puts their faith in me will no longer remain in the darkness, no longer be void of the life of God, but will no longer be filled with the despair and brokenness and the hopelessness that darkness brings. Will no longer experience eternal death of being separated from God. And if we still aren't clear on who Jesus claims he is, he makes it ultra clear in John 8 when he says, when, he says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, will never be void of the life of God, but will have the light of life. So who is Jesus? 
Well, according to John, according to Jesus himself, Jesus is the light of the world. He is the peace, joy, life, healing, reconciliation, justice, grace, love that this dark world needs, that you need, that I need, that we need. He's the light that breaks through the darkness of brokenness and despair and disease and death and fear and hatred and injustice. He's the light of forgiveness, redemption, salvation that defeats the darkness, that defeats the penalty of sin. He is the only light that can transform us into everything God created us to be and transform the world into everything God intended it to be. He is the light that is your hope. He is the light that is my hope. He is the light that is the hope of the world. Now, being the light of the world, that's a huge claim to make. But Jesus did more than claim it. He proved it. When he defeated the ultimate darkness, when he defeated death, when Jesus rose from the grave, he proved that he truly is the light of the world. Jesus, he was clear about who he is. He he was also clear about who we, as his followers, as his church are. And who he says we are, it actually seems to contradict who he says he is. Check this out. Jesus said, recorded by Matthew in Matthew 5. He says, you, my church, my followers, those of you who have put your faith in me, you are the light of the world. You're like, what? Like, that doesn't seem to make sense. Like, how can we be the light of the world if Jesus is the light of the world? Jesus is going, yeah, come on now. He's saying, you're the light. You are the light of the world because you are my body. You're my hands and you're my feet in this world. You, my church, are light of the world because my light is made known through you, is seen through you, and is reflected off of you. You are the light of the world because my light shines into the darkness through you. You are the light of the world. It's who you are. It's who I've called you to be. So here's what I want you to do about it. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And you're like, yes, that's obvious. Because a town on a hill, you're down low, you can see it because all the lights coming from the town and all the windows. Yes, of course, we know that. He goes on. He says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. See, in the first century, no one you know, had overhead lights where you walk into a room and flip on a light switch. We all know that. Like in order to get light, you had to, you know, there's usually in the small home, there was usually a stand in the middle of, the, uh, of a room that either you would put a candle in an oil, you know, oil-filled thing. What are those called? Lamp, oil lamp, that's it, whoo, smart. Uh, oil lamp, you light it and you get light to the room. Now, no one is ever going to light a candle in the middle of the room or light a oil lamp in the middle of the room and go, you know what, I want to see, and in order to see, I'm going to put a bowl over this thing. Like, that's dumb. Like, no one does that. You light it so that you could see, and he says, instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house because that's the purpose Of lights. Then he says this in the same way, let your light shine before others. You are the light in this dark world, Jesus says. So go shine. Now, for those of us who remember science and science class in high school, some of you high school students, you probably just learned this stuff this year, and I'm probably going to jack this all up because I'm not a science teacher. Uh, But supposedly, most objects don't make their own light. Did you know that? Most objects, they just don't make their own light. The only reason we can see anything in this world is because a light source is being reflected off every single object. That's the only reason that we can see anything. The only thing that does not reflect light off it, anyone know what it is? Black hole. Black, the, black, the black holes are the only thing that doesn't reflect light off it. Black holes just suck up all the light. 
And unfortunately, that's what we so often do as followers of Christ. And that's what we so often do as the church. We praise Jesus and we sing songs about how grateful we are for him breaking through our darkness. Thank you for your forgiveness and your redemption and your grace and your love. And then we put a bowl over the top and we keep it to ourselves. And instead of letting his light shine and his salvation shine and his love shine and his grace shine and his reconciliation shine into this world, we become settlers and we hide it under a bowl and just keep it in these four walls. And we become all content with what we have. And we become all concerned with our comfort. And we become all insider focused about what's going to make me happy. We become all for ourselves. And Jesus is going, you don't, don't hide it. Don't hide that light. Don't settle. Don't become a black hole. You are the light of the world. Now go be who you are. And here's why you've got to be who you are. Jesus says that they, people living and experiencing the darkness, may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Every week of this series, I've said the only way people will ever know that God is for them is if we are first. And that means the only way that people who don't know Jesus will ever see Jesus and potentially meet Jesus is if we go shine the light of his love and joy and peace and redemption and forgiveness and mercy and grace and salvation into this dark world. Jesus is the light of the world. How his light shines into the darkness is through us, through his followers, through his church. Jesus is the hope of the world, and his local church is his agent of hope. Relevant? As a local church, we are together the light of the world. Specifically, We are the light of our community. And the phrase we use to help remember that is we are for Elkhorn. Many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. We want to be known by what we're for. We are for Elkhorn. We're for Elkhorn kids and students and adults and families and schools and teachers and businesses because God is for them. We're for people who are hurting and broken and lost and lonely and helpless because God is for them. We're for shining the message of hope and joy and peace and forgiveness and salvation that Jesus came for, Jesus died for, and Jesus rose from the grave for. We're for helping transform as many people as possible in our community to everything God's created to be and helping transform our community into everything God intended for it to be. That's our purpose. That's the reason of our existence. But it will not happen by accident. Being for Elkhorn, we will require, we continue to be pioneers instead of settlers. For about six months toward the end of 2020, we spent a ton of time thinking and praying and strategizing how we continue, how we are going to continue as a church to be pioneers and being for Elkhorn going forward. And after about taking six months and talking and through this and praying through this and strategizing through this, after you know, and assessing the needs of our community, we basically narrowed it down to four focuses. And I want to quickly, and I mean quickly, share these four focuses with you. But real quick before I do, I know that, ma- that many of you watching online in, in the room don't live in Elkhorn. And so you're like, this has nothing to do with me. Is it relevant for me? Like, let me tell you what this, this, 
it absolutely is. If you're a part of Relevant, this, is, this has everything to do with you. Being for Elkhorn has nothing to do with are we for you, are we for sharing the gospel with every single person we can in Omaha. has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. Being for Elkhorn means that we are going to invest the best of our time and energy and resources together to have laser focus impact in impacting one community. Because we can't impact every community in this city. We're not called to impact every community in this city together. We're not called to invest all of our time and talents and treasures into every community in this city. We can't do it. If we try to do it, we'd make no impact. But maybe, just maybe, if we took all of our resources together and all of our time together and invested into one community, just maybe we can change one community. And if every church did that, that's how the world is changed. So that's, who cares if you live in Elkhorn or not? Being for Elkhorn means where we're going to invest the best of ourselves. And with that being said, the first focus and how we're going to continue pioneering and being for Elkhorn is community well-being. See, Gallup's research reveals that community well-being greatly affects a person's overall well-being. Therefore, we're going to continue to be for Elkhorn by continuing to increase community well-being. Relationally, emotionally, financially, aesthetically. Man, we've done it so many ways in the past. We've always been focused on this over the last 11 years, and we're going to continue to. Things we've done in the past that we're going to continue doing are things like flicks at the chef. I don't, by the way, I don't have time to break all these things down, but if you've ever taken part of any of these things or seen any of these things or heard about any of these things, we do them. We put them all on. We pay for all of these things ourselves. Flicks at the chef the Elkhorn tree lighting party in downtown Elkhorn, family fun festival days at Elkhorn Days, our annual serve day where we go out all together and serve the needs in our community one day all together, right? This is what we do to increase community well-being. Our vision for our church is that we, ha we are an essential, essential asset in our community, meaning if relevance ceased to exist, our community would miss us. If, if we chose to say we're going to pack up and go to a different community, our community would say, no, 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 no. We need you to stay because you make our community better. Second, school investment. We are for Elkhorn by partnering with and investing in our schools, the administration, the teachers, the students, the, the, even the facilities to help make them better, to help make them healthier. Why? Because the schools are the heartbeat of our community. And the, actually the one thing I'm, I'm really excited that we're going to be launching this next year is what we call Elkhorn School Adoption. Listen, kids and students, you know this, kids and students are with their teachers during the school year much more than they're with their parents. That means we need our teachers to be healthy so they can have the most positive influence in kids' and students' lives as possible. One of the primary things that we're going to do when we adopt a school is serve and bless the teachers and staff in some awesome ways throughout the year. Now, there's 19 schools in Elkhorn. Our vision is that we've adopted every single school by 2030. And this year, we're going to be adopting our first two schools, Elkhorn Middle School and Westridge Elementary. And uh, it's not going to happen without a lot of us getting behind it. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. Third, business support. We are for Elkhorn by supporting local businesses and local community uh, leaders, creating awareness of local businesses, building relationships uh, with, with business owners, with the businesses, with community leaders, helping invest in business leaders and in community leaders. Why? Because the better our businesses are, the better our community leaders are, the better our community is. And then finally, crisis response. We are for Elkhorn by mobilizing our church in times of community crisis because if not us, if not the church, then who? The government? You think that's the government's job? 
No, 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 no. That's our job. Will pioneering in these four focuses, will they make our community better? Heck yeah, they'll make our community better. But you got to know the real reason, the real reason we want to be for Elkhorn in these four ways is to shine our light. The more we are known by who we're for, the better chances, the better our chances are to introduce people to who we know. Get that? The more we're known by who we're for, the better our chances are to introduce people to who we know. And that is Jesus. None of these things that we do, from school investment to community well-being to Christ, none of those, none of, none of those things are going to make people who don't know Jesus, people who you know, are experiencing darkness, none of those things are going to make those people all of a sudden go, you know what I want to do? I'm not, I'm actually, I'm totally, like, I am totally against church and against Jesus, but they're serving, and so I think I want to go to church now. Like, that, 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 no one's ever said that, ever in the humanity's history. So, and it's not going to start now. It's not, none of these things are going to make people want to come and hear the gospel. But as I talked about last week, everyone sooner or later has pivotal circumstances in their life. Things they didn't see coming that rocked their world. Sometimes on a good level, sometimes on a bad level. You get diagnosed with cancer. You had a baby. You got married. You got divorced. There was a death of a loved one. And, th and so often people who said, I don't need God. He's irrelevant. It nothing to do with him. So often in the midst of those pivotal circumstances, they'll say, maybe I need God. Maybe there's a God in heaven. Maybe I've, I'm at the end of myself and maybe I need him. Maybe I should go check out a church. And what church do you think they're going to go check out? Probably the one that they remember has been for them. So we want to be for them the best. Because we believe when they come, they will hear the good news of Jesus. you got to know, we actually built the, built the Relevance Center to help with this. By the way, churches that become settlers, you got to know this, churches that become settlers view their buildings as the church. That's super confusing to some of you who are new to this church thing, so I'm going to say that again. Churches that become settlers view their buildings as the church. Let me explain. They use their building once a week on Sundays, and the only other thing they do in their building other than their Sunday services are for events for their people, their church people, their weddings, their funerals, their baby showers. You know, their church building is a holy place. So anything not holy, whatever that means, is not allowed in it. Make a lot of rules about what can't happen in that building. And the building so often becomes the mission. The building becomes the focus. And all the time and all the energy and all the money and all the pride goes into that building. And what ends up happening is they're just another church in the community, but the community is not affected by them at all. The problem with churches viewing their buildings as the church is that the church, according to Jesus at least, is not a building. The church is not an event. According to Jesus, the church is a people. It's why we didn't put church on the side of our building. It's why we named it the Relevant Center. This is not Relevant Church. This building Relevant Church owns. The Relevant Center is not a church. The Relevant Center is a tool. The Relevant Center is definitely a tool to grow the ministries of Relevant. But we didn't build it primarily for us because you know why? We're pioneers. 
We build it to be a tool to help be for our community. Our whole mission with the Relevance Center is to have as many non-relevant events as possible in here, to get as many non-relevant people as possible in here that don't know Jesus, so that if and when a pivotal circumstance happens in their life down the road, and maybe they think, people who never thought before, huh, maybe I need God, where are they going to go? I was in that building that one time for that event that that church owns. I remember I threw up in that trash can over there. Maybe I should go check out that building. Now listen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. By the way, the throw up thing was not in my notes. I just thought that was funny to throw in there. <laughs> having a building, at, having our building as a tool that being for, you guys, you got to know, it is the most inconvenient thing ever. It's inconvenient for the paid staff. It's inconvenient for you. Y'all want to do your baby showers here and we say no. It's super expensive to operate the building in this way. But it's worth it because we are the light and we'll do whatever it takes to reach one more. We'll do whatever it takes to reach one more. Relevant. We are for Elkhorn because we are the light of the world. But being for Elkhorn will require that we continue to be pioneers and not settlers. And I don't care how old you are, how young you are right now. If you say you're part of Relevant, listen, you and we and me, we've got to be pioneers and not settlers. So are we going to be pioneers? Relevant? Are we going to be settlers? Now you clap. But the answer to that question is really going to depend on all of us. It's going to depend on you. So will you choose to be a pioneer or a settler? Make no mistake about it. It's a choice. And the choice you and 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 I make will affect who we are and what we're known for. So let's choose to be pioneers. And all the wannabe pioneers in here, there's a lot of clapping, all the wannabe pioneers, I'm going to ask you to start or to continue to pioneer today in three ways. You may not clap when I get done with these three ways. <laughs> you ready? If we're going to pioneer, you, you, ain't gonna, you can't pioneer without these three things. I'm just going to tell you. First, give. Oh, God, pastor's talking about money. <laughs> Listen. You, we can't be pioneers in being for our corn if all of us aren't financially giving toward it. I don't know what other way to make that as clear as possible. It takes a ton of money to do this. To, the, the, even all the things, the way we provide everything for our, in our community for free takes a ton of money. So choose to pioneer by giving generously, regardless of how young you are, how old you are, how little you make, or how a lot you make. Give. Second, invite. Now, I said last week, you can forever change someone's life through a single invitation, but that's not what I'm talking. I'm not talking about inviting for their purpose. I'm talking about inviting for your own because inviting is powerful for you. It's powerful for you. It's how you prevent, inviting is how you prevent yourself from becoming a settler because it's how you fight against insider-itis. Let me explain. Until you've invited someone that you're investing in, you can't possibly get why we do what we do here at Relevant. And it's important you get it because the key to remaining a church that is for people that God is for instead of, our, instead of for ourselves is you and me. Non-inviters critique and complain incorrectly. If you're a non-inviter, I can promise you, you critique and complain incorrectly. I don't like the music. It's too loud for me. Why don't they turn up the lights so I can see more? 
Why does there's always people at the door greeting me? I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> then you write me emails and think I care. <laughs> Listen, when someone that you've invented... <laughs> you got it. When someone that you've invited shows up, it changes your perspective on everything. Inviters, isn't that the truth? Someone you invited shows up. Someone who doesn't know Jesus you've invited shows up. It changes your perspective on everything. You're like, do not screw up the sermon today. Mm -mm. And if we sing for a half hour, I'm going to punch Matt right in the face. All of a sudden, the kids check in means something totally different to you, doesn't it? And you're so grateful for all the people that serve. Inviters critique and complain correctly because they critique and complain about what's going to be the best for the people that they are inviting. So choose to pioneer by inviting. Don't become a settler. And then finally, serve. And I'm not talking about serving on a team here at Relevant, even though you absolutely should. Start rowing the boat instead of just sitting there, but that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about serving our community impact opportunities. We can't be pioneers in being for our community without serving our community together. And this is so cool. We have one of the biggest and best opportunities of the year coming up on, uh, in 13 days from today on June 6th to be for our community. It's the Family Fun Festival at Elkhorn Days. You guys, this is one of the funnest things we do all stinking years. All, all stinking years. All, all year. Like, at the Elkhorn Days have been going on for 100 years or so. And on Saturday afternoon at Elkhorn Days, we provide the Family Fun Festival. We do it. We provide all the volunteers. We pay for every single thing. We provide this for our community for free. They don't pay a thing. And there's hundreds of, you know, uh, I don't know, hundreds. Hundreds might be a little aggressive. But there's all kinds of carnival games and blow-up stuff and pony rides and all stuff for families can come and do for free. And we pay it for it all. And it's so awesome, like, if you've never done this, like, you just know, like, you see the smiles on kids' faces, on families' faces as they come out and get to enjoy a few hours for free and be in the community, and this is so fun. And it takes about 300 of us to pull this off. So let's serve. It's a two-hour shift. Sign up and serve. You can see the ways on screen to serve. So sign up, scan that thing, text Elkhorn Days to 55444 if you're at home. And then if you're in here and you sign up, then go out there to the table in the lobby and get one of these shirts, and you're going to wear it at the Family Fun Festival. Now, for those of you who are, or you can sign up at the table as well if you're phone illiterate. Uh, you can sign up out there as well. But if you're online, just sign up and they'll, they'll email you back how, how you can get a shirt. But let's choose to pioneer by selflessly serving our community together. And by the way, I went through a lot of stuff of what we do to be for our community all together. We, we need more people leading that team and serving that team to drive us forward together and helping plan this stuff and execute this stuff. We've got to, man, build two adopt school, Elkhorn School adoption teams by, by August, right? And, the, and so if anything I said, you're like, I want to know more. I'm interested. Tell me more. I want to see what this means to be more involved in helping plan and execute this stuff. Here's what I'd ask you to do. Email our Email Corey at relevantcommunity.org. Corey is the director of our, our uh, impact ministries. Email Corey. He will follow up with you and help you take next steps uh, if you so like about how to get more involved. Now, Coke, Coca-Cola, has been referred to as the most recognizable brand in the world. Part of the reason is because Coke's dream is to have a Coke within arm's reach of every single person on the planet at all times. I mean, a Coke within arm's reach at all times, of 7 billion people. That's a crazy, stupid dream. 
but they're passionate about that dream. They're passionate about flavored water. And so they continue to make great strides toward it because they've never settled. They continue to pioneer in every way to get sugar water in people's hands. Let us never become, let, let Coke never become more passionate than we are. If Coke can get a product into 7 billion people's hands, why can't we introduce every single person in our community to Jesus? That's our dream, right? Amen. Right? That's our dream. That's our vision. Our memories over the past 11 years, they've been great. But our dreams are bigger. You're never going to hear me talk about the good old days. Since our dreams exceed our memories, we got a pioneer. So let's go. Let's be pioneers. Let's be the light of the world, and let's ensure the people in our community that know that we are for them because God is for them. Let me pray. Dear Lord, I pray we just don't let this sit. I pray we get up, that we go, we shine our light. I pray all of us are at the Family Fun Festival serving at Elkhorn Days. I pray we give generously. We serve sacrificially. We invite passionately. And, Lord, we are for our community, God. And I just pray that every single day people come to know you as we choose to be the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.